Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to another edition of On Mike with Jordan Rich. Conversation is alive and well with creative people who have a lot to say and a lot to offer. For adoptees, and that's many of you out there, it can be a challenging emotional landscape, one that improves with self-reflection, therapy, and peer support. Today's guest is herself an adoptee and is doing fine work helping others. Her name is Lisa Capola. She is a licensed mental health counselor a dedicated advocate for others, serving as a therapist, and she's the creator of the Voices Unheard Real Adoptee Stories Speaker and Writing Workshop Series in collaboration with Boston Post Adoption Resources. That organization has published Voices Unheard, a reflective journal for adult adoptees. Lisa wrote it, it's very helpful, and we'll talk with her about that. Right here on Mike. Lisa, let's talk about Voices Unheard, a reflective journal for adult adoptees. What's the goal and the intent of this project? I really wanted to make a therapeutic tool to help adoptees navigate through the vast, I'd say vast complexity of their adoption experience. Often they don't even, you know, um, come into different insights or awareness about their experience until adulthood. It might be a little different now as we're learning more about the impact of adoption separation trauma, but, um, you know, I, I think that adult adoptees um, tend to kind of have, there's this term coming out of the fog, and I guess we're, hmm. you know, we're not using it as much anymore these days, but it's kind of like, what happened? You know, <laughs> um, you know, this thing that you knew about your whole life, you know, that you were separated from your birth mother and raised in a family that could, you know, the story is usually that could give you a, a better life. And, but it's like way more complicated than that. And I just wanted to make a tool to help um, adult adoptees be able to kind of explore that and with each other and for therapists to be able to use as well, because they only get about seven minutes of education in grad school on adoption. That's something I want to talk to you about, but we should also add that there's a peer-led support group moderator that can benefit from this book as well. And peer groups are a big part of the healing process, Mm -hmm. I would imagine. Yeah. My background's actually originally in um, addiction recovery. That's one of the best ways to recover from an addiction, I would never recommend trying to do it without this, um, is, is recovery circles. It is having peer support and like going through it with other people that are, that, that get it, you know. 
Lisa, would you be kind enough to share your own story, some of your personal details regarding adoption? Sure. My family um, did not, my parents actually wanted to help help children. That's why they became an emergency foster home for the state of New Hampshire. They adopted my brother, um, um, you know, who I'm not biologically related to when he was three and a half, Mike. And they adopted my younger brother, um, Matt, when he was seven and actually um, was a student in my mom's first grade class. They adopted me when I was about a week old. They got a call from the state of New Hampshire that said that there was a newborn. Um, they got me, actually, they got me about a month. So I was in a foster home at a week old and then I was, I, I came to them from um, there. But my birth mother had, um, had been institutionalized most of her, much of her adult life, um, hospitalized with um, different disorders, one of them being schizophrenia. When I was 19, I ended up making contact with her and we wrote letters for about 10 years before I met her. And the process of, you know, I guess, being ready to meet her involved my getting sober and also just kind of like accepting um, how hard that might be. <laughs> and, you know, we only met once and she actually passed away a month after I met her, but mm. of the flu or, um, but mm. I am close with her family at this point And it's been a, experience that's really helped me feel rooted in the world in a way that I haven't, I never, I never felt before. There are so many issues that I want to sort of just have you touch on, but let's talk about where we are in terms of societal stigma today. Mm. When I was mm -hmm. a kid way back in the day, it was always, oh, that child is adopted, you know. I mean, it was always hush, hush and, and mm. whispers behind the back. How have things evolved for the adoptive community? It's so interesting. What I think one of the biggest problems is, is that there's a loss of support. There's like a disenfranchised grief around the the experience of the adoptee. Like their immense, complicated, confusing grief is not really allowed by society to be acknowledged. Everyone wants them to you know, put a positive spin on it or see the, you know, see, see the silver lining of you got this amazing family, which is not always the case that the family's amazing, but sometimes it is. And it, that's just a separate thing. There's, you also lost, you lost your identity, you lost your genetic history, you lost your racial background sometimes, you know, like mm -hmm. growing up with people with the same racial background. There's so much loss and it's, there's not enough space for it. Hence the term Voices Unheard, uh, mm. <laughs> which is the title of the reflective journal for adult adoptees. We're talking with the creator of that, Lisa Coppola. So, Lisa, you mentioned different types of trauma. You mentioned the one here. I'd love you to just run down what some of the other ones might be. You know, I, I kind of categorize it in four different kinds of loss. So the first kind of loss is the loss of identity, the loss of um, your story, the loss of any, you know, sometimes any information about who your ancestors, your parents are, any kind of genetic or biological history, 
Then the second is the loss of innate trust as a first experience, mm. because, you know, regardless of if you were taken from the home, you know, from a home at a young age, because it wasn't a safe place to be, or if you were even adopted right at the, you know, taken, you know, right at the hospital and, and you still have that loss of trust of where's my mother, where's everything familiar to me? Why wasn't I kept? These are not things a baby can obviously articulate. It's a feeling in the body. It's mm-hmm. a experience of severing of abandonment Mm -hmm. and that so much evidence that maternal separation like impacts brain development um the level of toxic stress that actually leads me to the next the next uh type of trauma is the loss of a more um i guess like a healthier stress response system because of that separation you know regardless of if if it's the baby was taken right at birth or if it's due to, you know, more traumatic experiences later on, even though these are different traumas, it's still a situation that causes an immense amount of toxic stress in the beginning of life. And there isn't a pre-trauma self to kind of like get back in touch with, you know, if you get in a car accident, for example, you know, or you have some, you know, some traumatic situation happens to you as like a teenager or an adult, you probably have a pre-trauma self, you know, a a strong, a strong self that has learned some trust in the world to fall, to be able to get back in touch with and to navigate the world again. What's that, you know, trauma has given, you you have some space from it, but Mm -hmm. we don't have that. Mm -hmm. It was always, you know, the first thing was, everything familiar is gone. The way you describe it, it, it feels like the, the old story, The Man Without a Country, which is an old, old classic novel. Mm. It's interesting, too, because now everyone's into 23andMe and mm. checking their dynamic history genetically. And I'm sure for adoptees, sometimes it's uncomfortable to be around people talking about their lineage when you know, you, you're unsure in some cases of your lineage. It's got to put pressure on you. Let's talk about what lessons adoptive parents can learn from the work you're doing in the book and other teachings on the subject. What should adoptive parents keep in mind when they adopt? I think that if people are going to adopt, I think that it's very important to spend time grieving grieving their losses, grieving the loss of the, maybe the ability to have their own biological child or you know, the loss of a miscarriage, like really getting therapy and working through that before, you know, starting the adoption process. I also pretty strongly feel that no one should be adopting children that are not interested in raising a traumatized child. The only reason I believe that you should adopt a child is because you want to help traumatized children find a little bit more sense of safety and trust. But I say that with caution, too, because while there is hope, you know, there are things that you can do. I think it's also accepting that the stress response system is damaged. There are things that the child is going to have problems. Some people uh, are Pollyanna about everything and they just think it's got to be perfect. That goes for biological children as well. In the age-old question about telling the youngster, the adolescent or younger, mm. that they're adopted, is that still a 
raging debate in many households these days? I mean, I would love to say no, but as I'm going through my clients in my head, I'm thinking of, I've had, you know, definitely a handful of clients in the past few years that found out as adults or teenagers that they were adopted. And that was such a betrayal. Like the closest people to them, they felt had lied to them, really impacts their ability to trust. I think it should be a regular conversation from day one, you know, like I don't remember learning I was adopted. It was just always a known So despite the trauma that is well spelled out in our discussion here, that might have saved you from even further trauma, knowing that Mm -hmm. it was out there, that your birth mother was out there, not knowing her circumstances at the time. But that had to have been at least a boon for you, somewhat beneficial. Let's talk a little bit about what the book is doing, Voices Unheard, because there's a lot of open space on purpose. You want people to write. You want people to connect with these thoughts. Mm I'll open up to a page just at random. Here's one called Visualization, page 37, number 10. Theme is intimacy. The prompt is visualization. And that's the format, theme and prompt. You want to just run through that one to give us an example? Sure. You want me to read it? Sure. Absolutely. You've got a beautiful voice. Why not? Oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, All right. So week 10, intimacy and visualization. So the theme is intimacy and I don't know if I had said this before, but, you know, I kind of looked at, did a run through of the clinicians at Boston Post Adoption Resources and, and looked at the most prevalent issues we were seeing right. or themes with the adult clients. So these prompts are all taking from that. So the theme is intimacy and the prompt is visualization. Describe in detail an example of an intimate partnership you admire. What do you admire? How do the partners deal with conflict? How do they connect with each other? Do you believe something is something similar is possible for you? Why or why not? If not, how might you need to change in order to be ready for this type of intimacy? What's important to remember, these are not yes, no questions. These are questions that are designed to help us pour out our thoughts and emotions and heart on the page to get us thinking, right? To get us feeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There are several comments at the back end of the book. These are suggestions to read the book from people who are in the know. And one of them says, quote, an important guide for digging deeper into the emotional landscape we need to explore in this lifetime journey of healing and discovery. So it is a lifetime journey, even for you, Lisa. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a lifetime journey, yes. I always I, I always hear this um, when I start to talk about adoption with people that aren't adopted or um, not really close to it, they'll say, oh, but I know someone who's adopted and they're fine. They don't even think about it. Um, And what's interesting is there's just this loyalty that adoptees have to that, um, that cultural denial. We have been seeing, you know, at Boston Post Adoption Resources, we, we, have been seeing more and more people come in in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who are like starting to realize, I don't know if it's social media or what, but the adoptee movement, I I do think it's grown. Once you kind of get hooked into it a little bit, you start reading adoptee memoirs, you, you, you know, see something about a DNA surprise on the news and kind of opens up the gates for a lot of older adoptees. Yeah, no, there there have been stories about 
separated at birth, brothers from World War II connecting, and they were each adopted into different families. When that stuff does happen, and I, I do believe the internet has done a lot to change all of our lives, but it must, it makes it easier, if you will, to search names and locations and, and dates and become the investigator into your own life. So that oh, has yeah. to have a huge impact. Um, what would you like to see then in your lifetime uh, happen in terms of cultural stigma or in terms of actual procedural work to help this population? And it's a lot of people we're talking about here. I mean, I think the idea of an open adoption is is great. And I wish that that could start happening more often. Anything to help help mothers be able to keep their babies and, you know, that's like a huge system change, right? But I used to work in addiction recovery and I've worked with a lot of moms who were pregnant and really wanted, you know, to raise their baby. But due to the immense trauma in their life and the complicated situations, they did end up having to, you know, relinquish their babies. And, you know, I just think, I think, I guess that's like a much bigger system I know you do a lot of counseling and you do work with the Boston Post Adoption Resources Group, which is located in Brookline, Massachusetts. What more can you tell us about that organization before we close out? Boston Post Adoption Resources was founded in 2012 by a a woman who's also an adoptee, um, Jennifer Eckert. She wanted to make a place for people to be able to come and really feel understood about the process because she knows the process of reunion, the process of um, just coming out, you know, coming into more consciousness about your experience. And so, but she, she wanted to make a place that was not just for the adoptee, but for the families, anyone touched by adoption. So kinship adoption, even, you know, people that have been in foster care or who have discovered a DNA surprise um, through one of these kits my father's and who I thought he was. So we have individual counseling there. Every, all the, the clinicians are adoption trauma informed. Um, we also have a lot of different groups. One of the um, biggest ways that we see adoption trauma manifest is through adoptees struggling in relationships. So we actually have a healthy relationships group that is great. Um, we also have an adult adoptee peer connection group. We have a search and reunion group. We also help adoptees with that process of search and reunion. Um, we have parent support groups, single parent support groups. We have teen groups. I mean, the group list is endless. And then we also just have a ton of resources. The blog is amazing as well. Let, the, let me supply this now, and I'll do it in the close. It's bpar.org. For Boston mm-hmm. Post Adoption Resources, our podcast goes all over the world, but people can check it out online and get very helpful referencing information. And again, the book we've been talking about is a really interactive and really helpful. People are finding it extremely useful. Voices Unheard, a reflective journal for adult adoptees. Lisa Coppola, any relation? You must get that all the time. I know. Everyone always asks me that. <laughs> I assume no. Right? No, I oh. want to say yes. Well, no. you know, I was going to ask for an autographed copy of the 
poster for The Godfather, but apparently that's not the case with you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in any event, it's delightful to meet you, and I, I really wish you the best and think you're doing really outstanding work for people in your world and uh, in everybody's world. Adoptees are everywhere. Thank you so much, Lisa. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So nice of Lisa to join us. I promise to mention the website. I'll do it again, bpar.org. That stands for Boston Post Adoption Resources. And there you can find out how to order Voices Unheard, a reflective journal for adult adoptees. Thanks as always to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to the team at Chart Productions in Boston where this podcast is produced. And as always, a special thank you to members of our growing audience around the world. Go to jordanrich.com for much more info. Until next time, remember to be well so you can do good. Take care. JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.